Hello, everybody. Thank you uh, for watching The Voice in the Wilderness with Skipper Hare. I've got a guest today with me, man, a, a businessman in Lake City uh, that loves the Lord, and I just wanted to kind of get his perspective about that. This is Brian Zecker. Brian, man, I appreciate you coming on, man. I, I tell you what, it's, um, man, God's been good to you guys. I've been kind of keeping, a, I, I kind of been watching you guys from the outside, looking into you and your bride and watching how God's been blessing your businesses and all that kind of stuff. And I know right now it's hot because you build houses and uh, your general contractor, your wife's a has a real estate business, and you know I, I, that's a, actually a perfect fit to be honest with you, man. So, um, so I just want to tell you first of all, thank you for being a part of it. Also, you're supporting the ministry by getting a table at our our, our upcoming banquet with Jace Robertson, and so um, I want to just kind of ask you if you'd kind of hang out, do a podcast with us, and just kind of share a little bit with us about you know how long you've been married. Just let everybody know kind of where you're at in your life and. Uh, how how do you how do you run a business as a as a Christian man in today's world? Sure. No, I appreciate you being here. Appreciate you inviting us, inviting me. Um, this, this is the first time I've pro- well, I, actually, we've done this a couple times maybe in the past, but um, you know, it's it's spur of the moment is probably always best because then you know it truly comes from your heart versus versus a script. So yeah. Um, thanks for asking me, and I, I appreciate you being here. So I got this question: How long have you been walking with the Lord? Well, I would say, I mean, I was born and raised and churched, you know, so, but, uh, and I feel like, you know, as a, as a, as a young adult, a child and a young adult, I always had a relationship with Christ. Um, but, you know, we go through phases of life where we may drift away, um, uh, you know, being raised a certain way. Um, I felt like that was probably more of a religion than a relationship. Right. Um, and that's something that I've learned over the years as I've gotten older. So um, I would say probably actually, I remember actually because it was around a tax season, ironically, of around I want to say I think it was 2006 is is when I really you know recommitted and uh, you know to the Lord and um, and so but you know I've always known about Christ. I was raised in. In a, in a you know a church or in a in a family that that always put God first, so I've always been around it. But um, one like I said, one of the things I've really learned um, over, I would say the past twenty plus years is that there is a difference between a religion and 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 relationship. Oh yeah, so you you hit on that. So what I want to do is because one of the recent podcasts we did, we were talking about Jesus people. And that's kind of what we're, that's kind of where we were headed with that, you know, is what does it look like? And I used an example of one time when I was preaching, you know, I put a, a picture of an orange tree on the screen and I was preaching and I said, I wanted to give you guys and show you a picture of this apple tree. And, you know, and I kept talking about an apple tree and they're starting to go, no, 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 that's an orange tree. And I said, well, is that what people think when you tell them that you're a believer? Oh, right. And so I know that's hard hitting and I, that's just kind of the way I preach, but, um, but relationship versus religion, mm-hmm. that's a big thing. And, and I think it's a really dangerous place for people to be is in uh, this religious mindset and think that they have a relationship when really they don't. So you've, you've used that term. So can you elaborate how that looks in your world and what you mean by relationship and religion? When did it change and what did that look like? I think the biggest thing is, is the religion part of it was more about a man and a the church you attended, you know, and and the fear of of what would happen if you did this or if you did that, 
you know, type thing versus a personal conviction that you had because of a relationship with Christ. Right. And um, I think that's probably, you know, I could sum it up in a nutshell with that, that that's, that's a big, that was the big difference. Yeah. So you guys are, uh, you know, very, you know, very successful in business. Um, you and your wife, how long have you guys been married? Uh, I'm sorry 20, to put you on the spot. Yeah. Like well, th- this May will be. Let's see, this is 2000. Don't uh, be mad, 20, Missy. 21, 20, uh, This May 94. So we were married in 94. So you guys are two years ahead of us. Okay. So okay. So 27. 27. Yeah. So we're going on 25. Okay. This November will be 25 for me and her. All right. So don't you be mad, Missy. Yeah. He did good. So, um, but anyway, you guys have been married for a while. Yeah. And um, yeah. and then and so when you guys first got married, you guys were about how old are you now? I turned fifty in June. I just last turned year. You yesterday just turned was 50. my birthday. Yeah, happy birthday! Thank you, man. So anyway, so we're the same age. So we basically got married about the same time. And when you guys got started out, kind of what were you guys doing for a living when you guys met? Oh gosh. Um. Well, Missy had just graduated from college. Yeah. Um, so what was her plan at that time well her 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 degree was therapeutic recreation and i kid her that it was pe you know it was just just, uh, (laughs) well she's doing that right now yeah Yeah. yeah, exactly (laughs) but um but at any rate um no she had just we we met uh when she was going to university of florida uh we, we we say we told her grandmother we met in in sunday school um you know, but in reality, uh, I guess we were at the wrong place at the right time. Uh, you know, we met at a bar. And so, um, you know, one thing led to another, to engagement, to marriage. And um, so when we graduated, well, when we got married in 94, I think she had just graduated from college. And I had started my business about a year before. I, I had always worked for my dad during the summer. I was raised in the uh, times when most of, the, most of my friends were were picking tobacco in the summers, and I was working on construction sites, uh, re-roofing, just doing whatever for my dad. And, and so basically in 93, I started my own business, got my contractor's license. So by 94, by the time we got married, you know, I had my own business and was just doing whatever it took to, uh, you know, to survive at that time. That's cool, man. So you guys kind of started out. You know, I tell people, me and Crystal met when we were – in high school. Right. And then we broke up for almost five years. Okay. And then um, she finally came to her senses and came back. <laughs> no, I think she, anyway, so she did finally come back after I begged her enough. And um, she came back and we, we got married. And so, and then we were married for a while and then we split up. And so, you know, we got three kids and it's kind of cool that you guys are about on the same timeline as we are. And, and so one of the things I was going to, um, just ask you, cause right now I've got an 18 year old. How old are your kids now? So we have two boys that are, uh, Christians are oldest. Yeah. Um, and he was, he'll be 23 in June. And then our youngest is 19 and would well, Christian graduated back in May. So he's working for a commercial contractor in Jacksonville. And then Jacob, our youngest one is at Florida. Um, in, in mechanical engineer and he's 19. So this is what I want to ask you because, um, you know, here I got a 23 year old that's getting married oh. in March. I got an 18 year old that just left to go to college up in Valdosta state. And, uh, man, it is, they're literally leaving the house at the same time. And it's been a real big challenge for me and crystal emotionally to kind of deal with it. We still got Fisher. He's 10 okay. and you know, he's doing pretty good with it considering, uh, because he's really close to his sisters. But, um, 
what is your like what would be your advice for raising children in a world that is contrary to what we believe in when it comes to Jesus? What would be your advice to parents? I think a couple things is one, the relationship with husband and wife has to be very strong so that the children see that. Right. And they can't be first. Right. God first, then then the relationship. Um, because eventually they're going to leave, just right. like we we're, we're talking about. I mean, we got one working now. You've got one about to get married, one going off to college. Eventually it's just going to be y'all two. Um, and, in fact, it's just us now. I mean, we love it. I mean, we, we are loving empty nesting. I <laughs> <laughs> well, that gives but, me hope, man. Because uh, it's tough on us right oh, now. Oh, really? Well, it's tough, tough, I think, on Missy for the first maybe 30, 60 days. But after that, when Jacob left. But after that, it, we got we got into it pretty quick. quick. It, was, yeah. it was good. But, um, you know, I, it, it is a tough tough world. I mean, I, I, if, if we had a, a small one now um, – the things that the kids have access to so quickly right. with with phones, internet, uh, just the exposure that they have to things that is so different than it was thirty years ago. Um, but I think it's I think it boils down to just staying grounded. I mean, it it, it is truly important to uh, to have a a strong family unity, um, you know, with God to. Uh, for those kids now are they going to have issues yes are they going to have you know situations going to come up yes but i think if the you know like, like the bible says um raise a child what's the scripture there yeah, uh, in the ways of the lord ways of the lord yeah and um and they'll not depart and i right. think there's some some very true to you know truth to that yeah well i had a chance to work with christian a little bit at the football field when i was coaching um, yeah and i got a chance to meet him and spend some time with him i love him and he's a, he was a just he just had a great spirit about him he was just a very like even killed you know one of those guys that you could tell just kind of thought things through you mm-hmm. know he was just one of those and i enjoyed working with him i wished he'd have stuck with it man because i kept thinking you know if you get as tall as your dad and you keep working out man you're gonna be a beast oh, yeah and I guess he just found other interests and stuff like that, which is cool, you yeah. know. But I, I, I thought, I thought he's gonna probably wind up being a pretty, pretty big boy after it's all said yeah. and done. He, he sl- height wise slowed up a little bit, but you know, he he has made a you know a complete one eighty health wise, and then now he's working out every day. He does MMA twice a day. Oh uh, yeah. So yeah, but the what's his favorite style to work with? Because Fisher's been doing jujitsu for about three years. I think that's what he does. Kind of that and. So he does, which is more wrestling, right? And then he does kind of the MMA stuff too. So I think he does them both. He had a tournament that he got second place in. He was excited about a couple of weeks ago with the, I think the more jujitsu type. He, we're not, we're not real uh, keen on him getting in a in a pin. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I bet as a parent, man, I yeah. bet that's pretty no. rough to watch your kid fight. Yeah. You know. So here, here's another question I got for you, man. So we grew up in the same era. So I got a question for you, man, because um, I think our era that we grew up in, and I know I'm biased, but I think it was the best era in sure. American history. Uh, it was kind of in between, you know, that initial industrial boom and the technology boom. We were kind of stuck in the middle of all that. And so what was your, what's your favorite thing about growing up in the 80s? What's something or a few things that maybe that really like, and I'll tell you mine, you tell me yours. What's, what's your favorite thing about growing up in the 80s? One, the music. Yeah. I mean, there's nothing better than the 80s man, music. My kids listen to all of our music, man. <laughs> I mean, that's the best. You know, there, there's, you know, this music today, there's nothing like the 80s music. Right. Um, 
But I think, and, and I and I've seen you know different posts you've made with social media stuff from an outdoor standpoint. We did a lot outdoors. Oh yeah, and 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 that's missed today. Oh yeah. Well, when I was growing up, dude, my mom, my dad had passed when I was two. Okay. I was my, my mom was working every day, running her business, and so the rule was go outside, don't come inside with your friends yeah. until I'm home. That's right. So literally, we weren't allowed. In the house. Right. So we had to be outside. Totally different than it is today. Yeah. I mean, the complete opposite, as a matter of fact. That's right. But you I can't mean, beat the music of the 80s, man. <laughs> no, no. That's I mean, the best. my kids right now, you go through their song list, uh-huh. it's, you know, rap. We were listening to rap, me and them earlier today. Uh-huh. Guns and Roses, Guns you know, yeah. Skid Row, Van Tesla, Van Halen, <laughs> yeah. you know, Boston. I mean, and I'm like, man, that's. Phil Collins. <laughs> after the 80s, man, music just fell off a cliff. Sure. You know what I mean? Sure. What's something else you loved about the 80s, man? Well, and I, th- I go back to the outdoor. I remember just, you know, growing up, um, we were always outside. You know, I remember building a go-kart, you know, riding full, just building a fort, building a tree. You know, just, just those different things, um, I think, you know, was the biggest thing that stuck out that we weren't cooped up inside, you know, so much that, that we see today. Um, I mean, it was a great, it was a simpler life. You know, you didn't have cell phones. If you if you were going to call call your friend, you had to pit, literally pick up the phone and call them. Oh yeah. You know, or ride your bike. You know, to their house. There was no uh, texting or you know that type of thing. I had a, a dad, one of the players that you know I still work with the football mm-hmm. team as their chaplain, and I was talking to one of the dads the other day, and he's our age, and um, he was talking about that, and he said um, he was talking about how when he was our age, he's glad that we didn't have cell phones. You know, because if you don't have cell phones and I, I and I was telling the kids I said back when we were in school we had this little thing called a cassette tape <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> and when you put it into the cassette player yeah. I said you couldn't skip from song right. to song right. so literally you listened to every song on both sides because sure. you just listened to it and you didn't have a phone to right. interrupt you so when you were driving down the road it was all about listening to the music the whole time yeah. and I said so that was one of my favorite things is it was almost like the mental vacation of listening to an entire, you know, album mm-hmm. while you're driving down the road without any interruption. Right. I love that because there were so many songs that didn't make the radio that were great. Like when I was a big, big Hank Jr. fan. I mean, I loved Hank Jr. growing up and I literally bought every album the man's ever cut. And I remember that my favorite songs were songs that never made it on radio. Hmm. I mean, he had songs that were you know, kind of storytelling kind of songs and I loved them, man. And it was just like, so that's definitely one of the things for me. And I loved football in the 80s. This whole thing with this targeting and, oh. you know, I was telling one of the young guys the other day, I said, when I played, those hits that you're seeing that people are getting kicked out for were normal. Yeah. Like they happened every series. Mm-hmm. Because you lined up in an eye formation, you came right at the defense, and the defense came right at them. And there were licks like that going on throughout the game the entire time. And I can't imagine playing in an era where you can't even technically – I mean, and I understand the protection aspect of it. I get that. But I think they've gone too far too with it. extreme, yeah. You know, the, because there's a lot of times when you, when, you, when, you're, when you go to hit somebody and you kind of leave your feet or kind of – you know, you, you don't really have control over your body – and you go to hit somebody, and what used to be like the best thing, you know, pump your whole team up oh, yeah. when you get a big leg. Now, you want to take them out. Yeah, now, 
you you get a guy one of your best players gets kicked off the field mm-hmm. because of a big lick. So it actually works in the reverse of what it used to work. And so I think we ought to take Duncan out of basketball. <laughs> You know, we ought to take fist fighting out of hockey. You know, we ought to take all this stuff out that pumps the other pumps your team up because that's what they're doing in the football. They're taking the you know the what I call the momentum shifters. They're, the biggest one to me is when you have a good hit, and they're they're taking that out of football, especially man. on third down, and you hit it and you stop them short, and then all of a sudden he's ejected because of that. Right, yeah. it, it just drives me crazy. Yeah. So what? Now you guys been married for a while, like we have. And, you know, Crystal put this cool video together on my birthday thing yesterday, and it just went back, and I saw all these pictures. I told her, so why are you trying to make me cry? <laughs> and so when you look back, here's another question, because when you when you go through this much time being together, and there's always ups and downs, and so my question for you about this would be, you know, what's some of your fondest memories of going through this journey with your wife and your family, um, of, of, of sticking a marriage out when things – we're tough. Yeah. What's your What's some of your best memories about that? Um, well, obviously, uh, with the boys. Um, I mean, I I love boys. I'm glad we had boys and not not girls. <laughs> um, but uh, um, you know, raising them, um, having fun with them growing up was awesome. Um, we you know we just have some great memories. Um, some great testimonies too. Christian, I don't know if y'all remember. Or, or knew this, Christian got snake bit when he was one years old. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. This was something that, um, uh, you know, is a, is a memory, you know, during our, you know, the past 20-plus years. So Christian, when he was one years old, uh, got snake bit just after his first birthday, mm. a couple of days after his first birthday, got snake bit by a canebrake rattlesnake. Wow. And was rushed to, uh, well, miss, it happened out on Lake Jeffrey, a friend's house. And um, Missy picked him up, rushed him to the hospital. He went in anaphylactic shock on the way. And uh, at the hospital, they immediately lifelighted him from there to Gainesville. And he was in ICU for seven days. And wow. basically, they told us, you know, he wasn't going to make it. Wow. And, um, you know, he, he's a miracle. He's, tr- he's truly a miracle. I mean, never had any scar tissue from it, you know, where sometimes that that skin will deteriorate. I mean, we just constantly prayed, you know, we prayed, okay, you know, Lord, you know, first of all, don't let's, you know, don't let us lose him. And then once we knew that was passed, okay, let's, you know, heal his foot, make sure he doesn't, you know, have any effects from it. We say, maybe you got a little meaner from it, (laughs) the the, the venom, but, uh, you know, that's a great, great memory story. Um, you know, that, uh, every and it's and it's ironic because even to this day, every now and then people say, "Wasn't your 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 son the one that got snake bit?" Right. But uh, you know, growing up, I mean, um, with the boys, we have great great memories. You know, as they went through different phases of life and ages, um, and and Missy and I, you know, along the way, we've you know had our ups and downs, and 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 right now, um, that's why I said earlier about the importance of husband and wife being so close together because once that emptiness happens. I can, you know, you better like each other, you better like each other. Yeah. It's going, you know, and it's tough. I mean, we see that, you know, unfortunately in our industry, I mean, you know, Missy says a lot of times with the real estate business, unfortunately, a lot of people are selling because of lost their job, right? Divorce, right? You know, some situation in their life, not necessarily, you know, or maybe they are, you know, moving up, you know, so to speak, uh, house wise, but you know, a lot of those circumstances happen as to why, you know, as, as what she does. And so, I mean, that's a ministry almost in itself. Right. So what's the plan for the empty nest stage? 
I don't, you know, what, what, <laughs> what it really is, it allows you to come and go when you want. Right. I mean, all our activities were always based around school. Right. You know, when was Jacob out of school or Christian out of school? When was their holidays? When were their times off? And now, um, if we're caught up on work, you know, Thursday or Friday, you know, we can load up and head out for the weekend. <laughs> there you go. That sounds great, uh-huh. man. So I, I noticed the name Christian Jacob. Right. Biblical names. Yeah. So is there a story behind that? Well, my middle name's Christian. I got you. Yeah. So uh, Christian's name is after after my middle name. And Jacob, Missy always wanted Jacob. There right. was a, a young man, if I remember the story right, that, that she knew that she just thought he was the world. I mean, just really, he was just a great guy. Um, and then Jacob um, Thomas is his middle name. Um, is uh, no, no, I'm sorry, I kind of got my boys confused. Jacob Bryan, so Jacob's middle name is my name, and then Christian Thomas is Missy's dad's name, is Christian's middle name. So, you know, there's a little bit of family, you know, there and how we name them, right? So, you know, you guys running businesses and stuff like that. So, a lot of people, this is a lot of people are always trying to figure out, you know, what's God's plan for my life, you know. How do, how is God going to use me? How is he going to, you know, what does he want me to do? Mm-hmm. And one of the organizations that I used to be a part of is called C12. I don't know if you've ever heard of them, but it's a Christian organization that's for CEOs of companies. Okay. And they always talk about, you know, your ministry and your church is actually your business. Mm-hmm. And so as a, as a man that's in the construction business, which I'm going to tell you now, I, I, I was in the mobile home business for a long time. I dealt with subcontractors a lot. I know those guys are not mm-hmm. in good place. Most of those guys are in a very bad place. Mm-hmm. And so you're dealing with a world that's usually filled with individuals that are struggling in different areas of their life. Mm-hmm. As a Christian man, how do you use this as uh how do you use your business to glorify the name of Jesus and what you do, you and Missy? I think the biggest thing is being um, you know, true to who we are. Um, and establishing certain values. Um, I heard actually on, uh, on another podcast, a, a gentleman say, it, this has just been a couple weeks ago. He said, if your values are set, decisions are easy. Right. Um, so, you know, if you have certain things, certain values already set, you know, we make decisions in our business, whether it's to, you know, to do this or, you know, purchase this or, you know, make this move or, or, uh, you know, work with this subcon, you know, if the values are set there, it makes those, some of those decisions easy. Um, but I think, you know, from a ministry standpoint, you know, um, our, our vendors know who we are. Um, you know, they know about us. Um, our employees do, our staff does. Um, and I tell you, you know, uh, all our staff are Christians. Uh, It makes such an easier working environment When, when you come into my office and, you know, our office managers playing Christian music, um, you know, it just, it, it, it's just so much of an easier environment to work with. Now, yes, do we work with vendors and different subcontractors that can be, you know, testy? Absolutely. You know, that's, that's part of the trade out there. But I think them seeing us, who we are, what we represent, they all want to work for us. They work, they do their best. I mean, we have the, the best team of of vendors and suppliers and subcontractors that we work with. And I think it, you know, boils down to they know, you know, what we expect and 
because of that, they respect that and in turn give us a great product. That's awesome, man. I love the, you know, I tell people sometimes the only scripture that people will will ever see is your life. Mm -hmm. You know, you got to live God's word out in front of people. And, you know, we got to be careful about that. That, A lot of the decisions that I personally make of the way I live my life is based off of the fact that I want to be a good example to people. You know, um, God really used my daughter in my life. And I'll I'll tell you this story. Um, When I first got saved, um, Gracie, our middle one, she was, I think she might've been about seven or eight or, um, she was little and, <clears throat> and we had gone off to some friend's house and Crystal and I had driven, uh, I'm sorry, driven separately. And the kids, there was all a bunch of kids there and they were swimming in the pool and they were having a great time. And I was going to go ahead and head home and I was being all high and mighty. I'd just gotten saved and I was being, you know, you know how, you know, when you first get saved, you're better than everybody in your brain. And so I was being all super religious and I was like, come on, kids, you're riding with me. Your mom's had a glass of wine. I'm not going to let you ride. You know, I'm being an arrogant new Christian, mm-hmm. which happens. And Gracie's sitting in, in between my two bucket seats in the back seat of the truck. And I can see her little face in the mirror. And she looks at me and she says, daddy, you drink beer. And I was like, I'm looking in that mirror and I'm like, yeah, okay. I drink some beer once in a while. She goes, I don't like it when you drink beer. I said, okay. And then just clear as day. Daddy, will you promise me you'll never drink again? And I was looking in that mirror and I'm thinking, <laughs> I'm looking at this little precious face that God's entrusted to me and I'm going, okay, baby, I promise I'll never drink again. <laughs> and I literally have never put a drop of alcohol in my mouth since that day. Wow. And um, because God knew my heart. He knew that if he spoke to me through one of my children and I made a promise and a commitment like that, that I'd stick by it. Mm-hmm. And so to this day, neither one of us have, she's never had any, any alcohol. I've hadn't drank since then. And God really used that in my life. And, um, you know, so, and I tell people, you know, I tell, when I preach to the young people, I say, listen, one of the reasons I won't drink is that. But another reason is, is if you walk into a restaurant, and I'm sitting there with a pitcher of beer and I'm three sheets into the wind. Everything I've told you is going out the window. Right. The enemy's going to destroy my testimony but just because I'm basically getting drunk. Right. And I said, it's just not worth that to me. You know, having a beer is not worth, you know, the enemy being able to trick you into not believing the things that I've shared with you. And so, you know, living it is the most important thing. And so you asked me before we came on the air, you asked me about our banquet coming up on mm-hmm. March 4th. And I want to just kind of let you kind of, we're going to flip the script a little bit, let you ask me some questions about okay. the ministry and yeah. about Jace and all that kind of stuff. Oh, and I, cool. So I know you're kind of curious, but I wanted to go ahead and say it so other people could yeah, hear. Yeah, well, because I didn't see anything. I, like I uh, told you via text, I um, uh, had gotten the uh, the Lake City Reporter, you know, the email for it and saw the article in the paper about him coming and then, you know, reached out to you about about the uh, the banquet. And I said, yeah. And I was like, man, gosh, how'd you get somebody like that? You know, because obviously, I mean, they're celebrity. Oh, yeah. I mean, you know, that family is 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 a totally celebrities. And to, to get him to Lake City, I think, is a, is a pretty big ordeal. Well, you know, this is so cool, man. My sister, Jane, my closest sibling, I'm the youngest of eight. I don't know, you, I don't know if you knew that. No. <clears throat> but, wow. So <clears throat> she contacts me about, I don't know, maybe two months ago. And she said, maybe a little longer than that. And she said, um, she said, I've been listening to the Unashamed podcast. I've been listening to Phil Robertson. I've been listening to Jace Robertson. 
And she says, and I want you to baptize me. Now, the wow. backstory to that is my family, including her and my mom and everybody, have really like leaned into me about the decision to be in full-time ministry. You know, they don't quite comprehend the the reason I'm so devoted to it and things like that. And so it was not it was not a place of um, I, I wouldn't say they're I wouldn't say they they're trying to come against me, but it's very like they don't get it. You know, I used to make really good money and stuff like that. Now, you know, it's not like that. Now I'm more interested in serving other people. So she calls me up and she says, you know, I want to get baptized. And I've been listening to this podcast. And I was so like, oh, my gosh, man, that's crazy. Mm -hmm. And right before that, we had we had talked about having an outdoor banquet. FCA is, is a fellowship of Christian athletes. And a lot of kids think that it's all about athlete, uh, athletes. And it's not. FCA developed the outdoor ministry because we want to reach out to the entire student body. Mm-hmm. And we don't, you don't have to be an athlete. If you want to shoot a bow, you want to canoe down the river, you want to go squirrel hunting, you want to go turkey hunting, you want to go hiking, you know, whatever you want to do in the outdoors, mountain biking, anything you want to do, we're game. We're going to take you, and then we're going to share the gospel with you. Mm-hmm. And so us being a little bit different animal in the FCA family, I thought, who could we get to come do a banquet that would fit with what we're doing? Right. And man, I called Phil first. Well, Phil is a little bit harder to get. <laughs> and so I just, and Crystal was like, you know, why don't you try Jace? And I was like, okay. And I contacted him, his wife, Missy, his wife's name is Missy. Uh-huh. Um, his wife, Missy, her aunt is his agent. Okay. And so I contacted her and she said, yeah, he'll come. And so we, we set it up, and we had to actually move it because it was going to be in November. But all the stuff going on with COVID, we moved mm-hmm. it on up to March. And so he's going to be coming in, and uh, hopefully he's going to do a podcast with me because I've oh, asked no. him. He hadn't said yes yet, but I'm I'm hoping that he will. Mm-hmm. And and so, um, you know, here's the here's the admit one of the admission tickets. And my wife does all this design work, man. She's so good at it. She's, like, amazing with the stuff. Makes my wife makes me look like I know what I'm doing. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> they all do. That's, yeah. <laughs> so for me, um, I thought it was a perfect fit. So what we're going to do yeah. is we're going to have dinner in the in the foyer at Christ Central, right? And then we're going to do a silent auction. We got some really cool stuff. We got some Yeti stuff. We got some bows. We got some pictures. We got all kind of stuff. We're going to auction, and then we're going to move into the sanctuary. And the goal is we're trying to have we're trying to get. Uh, we got 300 extra seats in the sanctuary over and above what we can fit in the foyer. So yesterday I went to Dixie County and we got someone, someone donated the money and I signed up like close to a hundred students to come and fill that 300 seats. Wow. We're trying to raise money right now so we can get other kids from the other schools because we got to pay for the venue. We got to pay for Jace. We got to pay for the food. We got to pay for everything. Mm-hmm. But what started out as a fundraiser has turned into an outreach. So our goal is to fill those 300 seats up with high school students, junior high students, and have them uh, have them have the opportunity to see a celebrity in person, hear his story and hear his message, and hopefully make a decision for the Lord. So if there's anybody out there listening and you want to sponsor some kids to come to the to the banquet, we would love to have you partic- to participate in this. And I will work with you financially. It's not like you know we just got to cover our expenses. And so we'll work with you if you want to help donate for some of the kids to come. I know Branford's working on it. And like I said, Dixie, um, they're probably going to make up about half of those seats because wow. we got a pretty significant grant for them. Good. That's fantastic. So 
but the ministry is, you know, you asked me earlier what the ministry was all about. We do a lot, man. We really do. We, Crystal and I have been through marriage counseling. Uh, God really restored our marriage through that. We work with couples. Uh, we really love, it's a passion for ours because God really used a, yeah. a, a counselor for us. So we do that. And of course we, we work with kids, but you know, I'm also fixing to try to start doing a once a month meeting, a men's meeting. And I'm going to try to see if I can find a good location that maybe we can build a campfire and kind of hang out under a pole barn or something like that and do it once a month. So men can come together and, and just really try to try to, and, you know, sharpen each other up. Yeah. And so, and we work with the kids all the time. We go in the schools. I was in Dixie County all day yesterday from, I think I was there at, I was in Branford from about nine o'clock until noon. And then I went to Dixie and I was there from about noon until school got out. Great day. Set up a bunch of camps. Um, the ministry is phenomenal. I mean, it, it's hard to even wrap your mind around what God does through the ministry until you mm-hmm. go on one of our trips with us. How long have you been doing this now? Well, this is our third year okay. that we've been with FCA. Uh, of course, one year kind of like you can just throw it out the window yeah, because of COVID. Year. Yeah. So we really, um, it, it kind of worked out as a blessing because we were able to kind of work on some foundational stuff with mm-hmm. the ministry when COVID hit. But this is our third year. This will be our first, our second legitimate summer where we could really do some camps. And so uh, this summer is going to be really busy. We're going to be. You know, because we missed all last summer, so we're like rested up and ready to go. So, and that's literally what I've seen you do from pictures is you you take youth out on an actual camping trip, day two, three days, and y'all basically just sit around campfires, canoe, and and hang out under the stars and yeah, talk this, about Jesus. This year, I'm gonna take some bows, okay, and we're gonna shoot bows while we're at camp. I'm gonna teach them how to, yeah, I'm gonna do primitive fire starting. We're gonna take them hiking. We're gonna um. You know, fishing. All, all those things are so important because I, I, I my brother-in-law, John Jackson, you may know. Oh, I love John Jackson, man. John Jackson. <laughs> he good. always talks about all the time about with youth doing a, um, like a mechanical thing with, you know, how many of them know how to change a tire or, you know, or, 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 uh, change the oil in their lawnmower or, you know, just little things like that, right. that we did in the eighties. Yeah. That is not done, you know, now. And I think there is something about, because Missy and I really enjoy, well, I, I won't say we go camping. We enjoy glamping. <laughs> <laughs> she, she won't be in a tent. Yeah. Okay. But there is something about being outside. I mean, just this past weekend, we we were we were gone and our camper gone and sat around a campfire, just me and her. Yeah. I, I built a little fire right, you know, beside the camper. And there is something about being outdoors um, and, and I think that's awesome with those kids. You know, we had a, we had a group come that had, you know, they'd been raised in church kind of like you were, and mm-hmm. we were sitting at the boat ramp and there was six, I think six dads and six sons, if I remember right. And I looked over at them. I was kind of standing up on the hill, watching them pack up, getting ready at the boat ramp. And I said, I said, I want you guys to get, get ready. And they're like, what? I said, you're going to experience Jesus like you've never experienced him before in your life. I said, I know y'all all churched and all that. I said, but I promise you, this is different. And they're like, you know, they act like I was crazy until the second day, and they were just blown away. I was like, mm-hmm. you know, there was something when people people that are uh, people that believe in Jesus, there's supernatural things that happen in certain scenarios like foot washings or communion or, you know testimonies when you share a testimony 
But when you get intentional about going into the wilderness and seeking God, it, it's different. Mm-hmm. It's like totally different. We take their cell phones from them. It is, it is, it's back to old school communication. It's back to, it's man, it, it just literally, you watch their heart just open up. I, I told somebody the other day, I said, there was one time I took 17 kids and I took some leaders and we were sitting around the campfire and we had what we call campfire confession. And every, every one of those young men repented that night with tears in their eyes about addiction to pornography. Wow. Now, you don't get that at the local church. No. Okay? Mm-mm. You're never going to see teenage boys walk up to the altar and admit, I'm, I'm struggling with porn. Right. And I need help. Sure. And, and, and repent over it. Because the, what a lot of people don't realize about sin is the beginning of victory over sin is confessing. Confession. Yeah. Admitting it. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm, I'm struggling. I need help. And so when you get out in this environment, it is off the chart. And so if anybody out there, if you're interested in kind of checking out some of our videos, you can go to FCA, um, North Florida FCA Outdoors on YouTube. We got a YouTube channel. You can see some of the videos. Or if that doesn't work, you can go to Swanee River Campfire Ministries. That's got a YouTube channel. There's some videos on there because I was actually doing it before I got involved with FCA. And there's some videos on there, man. As a matter of fact, there's one on there um, that we did with Brooks County on Swanee River Campfire Ministries. On that YouTube, that got over 50,000 views. Wow. I mean, because it was just one, – one of the things that we do is we have the head coach wash the, wash the athlete's feet. Or whoever, whatever, we have the leader wash the kid's feet mm-hmm. during the weekend. And, man, it, it's powerful. I'm sure. talking about, like, especially football players and, and athletes. It's really powerful. But, you know, we have – we teach leadership through servanthood. Mm-hmm which is a foreign concept to a teenager in today's world. But the reality is the best leader to ever walk the face of this earth was the greatest servant. Right. You know, so we try to teach that. So when the ministry is great, and I want to tell you, Missy, thank you for being a part of supporting it because it, it's like this. If I came to you and I wanted a house built, okay, by all means, you deserve to be able to make a living off of it. Sure. Okay. No doubt about it. I just want the world to understand that some of the work that ministers do, not just me, not just my wife, not just, I'm not trying to advocate for me. Anybody that's in ministry, that's ministering to people, that's a preacher, that's sharing the gospel, I promise you, it's the most important work that's being done on the earth. It really is. It's the most important work that's, that's being done on the earth. And the reality is, is for some reason, the enemy's got these people thinking that, well, I don't want to put money into that but I'll put a lot of money into other things. I'll put money into a car, a truck or a house or an item that's basically going to turn to dust again one day. Mm-hmm. But if I invest in ministry and God's work, it's eternal. Right. I get to reap the reward from that for the rest of my life. But we have a deception and the enemy doesn't want people to sow into the kingdom because of the, of, of the eternal impact that it has. The enemy's trying to stop them. Sure. And so for me, I want to just tell you, thank you because I know you guys work really hard for what you earn and you guys supporting the ministry, man, thank you. And that's like I tell um, people that don't understand this. I say, if Missy and Brian, they make money, and if the, their heart is to actually support a ministry with their money, it's their money. If they want to buy mm-hmm. a camper, they can buy a camper. Mm-hmm. If they want to buy a truck, they can buy whatever you want to do with your money. And if you want to sow it into God's work, you have the right to do that because right. it's the money that you've earned. Right. You know. And so uh, I just want to tell you thank you, man, publicly. Everybody that supports this ministry Thank you so much for what you do because 
you guys supporting us gives us the ability to stay laser focused on it. Sure. And I don't have to be distracted with trying to make a living or trying to do anything else because uh, to, to make the, the, the ministry go because people want to sow into it, want to be a part of it, our, our teammates with us. So thank you for what you're doing, man. I appreciate yeah. it. No. So what's, a la- what, what's something that you want to – because people like – you know, everybody – the reason we do these podcasts is we want people to be encouraged. Mm-hmm. We want them to feel like, you know what, if they can do it, I can do it. If right. they can walk with the Lord and be successful in life, so can I. So what's something that you would want to share with the people that are listening to encourage them and to build them up and kind of maybe get them to that next step with their, with, within their relationship with God? And, and I think you touched on a lot of that. I think we get asked a lot of times, well, you know, how do you – have business and you know keep your relationship with Christ and I think I think it's very important to keep that first um you know we go through a fast the first part of the year and I really think that we've been doing that now Missy and I were talking this past little bit probably we've been doing it probably 10 plus years now and I think you know doing little things like that that you know dedicating a certain amount of time at the beginning of the year helps us you know uh you know, keep that blesses focus. our business for the rest of the year. You know, because we're self-employed. You know, we're right. you know we're we have other families that depend on us too, um, and so um, the Lord has truly truly blessed us. And I, you know, I've heard a, a minister years ago say, you know, give to to get to give again, and um, and we truly believe it's not all for us. You know that that we can sow into other places and sow into ministries. I mean, we got a nephew that's full-time ministry down in Honduras. Amen. Um, you know, so, uh, you know, the, 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 you know, our ministry isn't necessarily doing ministry all the time, right. but we ought, we do show ministry in what we do. And if we're blessed, then we need to bless those that, uh, that are in those positions that, that need that. Yeah. I love it, man. I love what I do. I got the best job in the world. I really mm-hmm. do. I get to go do what I love right? with people that I want to see, um, Find hope, the hope that changed my life, the, the thing that made so much difference for me. I want to help other people find it. And, um, you know, I was in a bad place when I came to the Lord in 2008, man. I was in a horrible place, to be honest with you. And so um, thank you again, man. Thank you for being yeah. on the podcast. I appreciate, appreciate it. it. And, man, I wish you and your wife all the all the success in the world. I hope you guys enjoy being an empty nester. And I hope you guys get to go out and uh, experience anything it is that, that God's laid on your heart, man. And I know no matter where you go, that you're going to take Jesus with you and you're going to tell somebody about it. So I just want to thank you for your faithfulness to be an example for the kingdom. Thank you for supporting the ministry. And thank you for being willing to do a podcast because I know you didn't think we were going to have enough to talk about, <laughs> did you? <laughs> but, man, uh, it always works out. God's always faithful, man. Sure. It's always faithful. So, man, thank you so much, Brian. I hope you guys have an outstanding 2021. And, uh, man, tell tell you tell – you, Especially Christian, I don't know your other son very okay. well, but tell Christian I said hello, man, and I hope, I hope everything works out great for him. All right. Appreciate it. Thank you, man. It was a blessing being here. Thank you for listening to A Voice in the Wilderness podcast with Skipper Hare. We hope you enjoyed this podcast. You can also learn more about FCA Outdoors by going to fcaod.org. Check out the Woods and Water magazine, which comes out once a month. Skipper writes an exciting article for FCA Outdoors. You can pick them up in most convenience stores in the Southeast region. Don't forget to subscribe to the YouTube channel Hair Days Uncut to follow all the podcasts from Skipper and his friends.